Hey, Wendy, I am so happy that you're here today because uh, we're going to talk about a topic that is so realistic. It's, it's something that so many women experience. I experience it myself, and which is divorced. And uh, I think that we need to um, have, you know, it's very important to approach this, you know, when it comes to money, how to become smart with money after divorce. And, uh, but before we jump into that, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your, your challenges, your struggles that ended up to um, turning into this amazing business, which is the divorce rehab. Yeah, of course. Well, Sarah, first and foremost, thank you so much for inviting me to be one of your experts here and for putting on this incredible summit. It is so valuable for everybody watching. So thank you. I'm honored to be here. And everybody watching, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. So my name is Wendy Sterling, and I started my business about five years ago. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Five years ago this weekend, which is crazy to think about. Um, when unexpectedly out of nowhere, I realized that the life that I had been leading for the last 15 years, uh, was suddenly non-existent anymore. And it was in that moment that I got the largest gut punch to my stomach that I've ever received. And I realized that, my, not only was my marriage over, but that the man that I knew for over 20 years was really not the person that I thought he was. And it was in that moment that I realized as well that I just, I had lost myself. Um, you know, I, I had this moment and, and I remember it clear as day where I started crying and I just kept saying to myself over and over again, like, how did you let this happen? How did you let this happen? And it was in that moment that I also realized that I stopped listening to my intuition. Um, ever since I was a little girl, I had always had that sixth sense. Um, what I thought were imaginary friends <laughs> were not imaginary friends friends. Um, I do have a very deep spiritual connection with spirit. And it really wasn't until the foundation of my life came out from underneath me that I started connecting back to that inner wisdom, to that inner voice that I had quieted for so long that I had allowed myself to silence. And so it was over the course of the next year where I really took a hard look at myself and at the time understand that, you know, I had built a 20 plus year career in corporate America and ad sales. I knew who I was at work. I knew who I was as a mom, but for some reason, I just, I looked in the mirror and I had no idea who Wendy was. And so my divorce was actually the wake up call that I needed to really stand in the power of not just my identity, but more importantly, my voice because I had lost that in my marriage. I allowed myself to be seen through the eyes of of my ex-husband. I allowed myself to be seen through what I believed people thought I should be instead of who I truly was. And it wasn't until I asked for a divorce that I finally used my voice in a way that allowed me to stand in my power. And so ultimately, I believe that divorce can be the most empowering experience that we go through to find our identity and to use our voice to actually start creating a life and designing a life that we choose instead of feeling stuck with the one that we have. 
And so once I was able to pivot my mindset into seeing my divorce as a gift, as something that happened for me and taking the lessons from it and also taking responsibility for who I became, who I allowed myself to show up as, that is when my healing process really truly began. And after being in therapy, hiring my own coach, I realized that there was a gap in the market at the time that I believed that I could fill because I had moved through the pain of my divorce. Understand I was married for 15 years. We were together for 22, um, but I had moved through my pain in under a year by by putting myself first, by really investing in my own development. And so it was through that process that I realized you know, I was in corporate America building multi-million dollar regions for big companies. Well, why couldn't I do this for myself? And so I decided to take a leap of faith and walk away from my six-figure paycheck and to double down full-time on building my business. And so my business was really created from my own process, from all the different modalities of healing that I use to help me, because I, I don't believe there's just one element that is the quick fix. It really takes a village. And so that is what I went about creating. Um, and that's how the divorce rehab was born. Um, you know, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't, it, you know, it was, it sure had a lot of struggles. Um, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but the important part is that I learned from every mistake and I knew how not to do something and to pick myself back up and to try something differently. And, you know, I'm proud to say that I was able to create a six-figure business in two years um, because of my dedication, because of my passion, and because my larger vision for almost like my legacy, the legacy that I want to leave in this lifetime for my boys. I, you know, I'm a mom, I have two kids, I have two amazing boys. And the legacy that I really wanted to leave them was changing the stigma around divorce for it to be one of empowerment instead of of shame. And so that's really what fuels me every day. And what enables me to just, you know, I've never woken up every day being excited about what I get to do and the incredible clients that I get to support. Um, it's so rewarding and it's possible for everybody. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, the what was the hottest part? I don't know, like, who decided to get divorced. I think for what I heard, you decided with the divorce. What yes. was the hottest part when, you know, that, that, what was the hardest part of making the decision of getting divorced? What was the hardest part? Um, the hardest part was, honestly, was the disappointment I knew my children were going to feel. Okay. Um, I, you know, I would have done it. I still would do anything for my children. Of course. And the hardest part was really understanding that in order for my children to thrive and to be in a home full of love and joy, it meant that their dad and I couldn't be in the same house. And so the biggest part for me was really accepting that I got to be happy and being happy meant not being with their father. Um, you know, it, it's that saying you, you put 
your oxygen mask on first and then you assist your kids. That to me was the hardest part because I am a, I used to be a people pleaser. And so I would be running around putting other people's masks on and going, yeah, now you want me. Now you like me. Now I'm the person that, you know, instead of going, wait a second, I get to take my breath first and then help you. And then I get to honor what feels best for me in that moment. So that was, that was the hardest part. I mean, I can't, Sarah, I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, what about the kids? I I should stay for the kids. And that is exactly who I was. And it is the worst thing that you can do because staying for your kids means that you're turning your back on yourself. And what I know to be true is that children are happier in a, in happy homes, even if it means two different places that they live. Yeah. And then the other part, and I, I want to mention is because this happened to me when I went through divorce, um, you talk about losing your identity. So basically you were somebody else's wife. You were not Wendy Sterling. Correct. And, um, and that happened to me too. You know, I was somebody else's somebody else wife. And when I came with a decision to get in divorce myself as well, um, I didn't know who I was. And that was like the hardest part in my case, because I didn't know who I was. So how do you handle that at that time? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the the day that I, so five years ago, we separated and four years ago is when I asked for a divorce Um, and I knew that it was over. And I remember walking out, we were in our couples therapist office and I remember walking out of the office. I mean, hyperventilating, crying, going, what the heck did I just do? Um, But yet at the same time, I felt really empowered. It It was really a weird feeling that was happening inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I remember getting into the car and looking in the mirror because I had to go to work right after this appointment. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and going, oh my God, who are you? Like, who am I? Who is, who do I even see in this reflection? And that is what actually made me more sad because I pride myself on being a bold, powerful, strong, you know, independent woman. And in that moment, I, I didn't see that. And so a lot of what I had to do was I, I had to date myself. It sounds silly, but I didn't even, I didn't even know. And I remember, you know, shortly thereafter, my, my family lives, um, I live in Los Angeles. My family lives up North in the Bay area. And I remember my mom, they came down and they're like, Oh, let's go out to dinner. Where do you want to go? And I remember saying to myself, I don't know, because everywhere I went was where my husband at the time wanted to go. And his favorite, like, I didn't even have a favorite restaurant. You guys, I didn't even know what my favorite food was. Now I am very clear (laughs) on what that is. But at the time, you know, I I really had to take a hard look at myself and start exploring like a child and, and really kind of start over with understanding what it was that I loved. And, and the place that I began was tapping back into, well, when, you know, before I got married, when I was in high school, what were my interests? What, what was I passionate about? What was a moment that I felt really alive? And that was kind of how I started. And, and I, I took a lot of time to myself. I invested 
invested in self-care for myself. I did a ton of reading, but most importantly, I asked for help because I didn't know, uh, you know, you can sit here, everybody watching, you can sit here, you can listen to summits, you can listen to podcasts, you can read books. However, the way that you move forward is by being held accountable and giving personalized, tangible steps forward that work for you in your life. And you're being coached every step of the way. And that was the major turning point for me in really being able to go, oh, I have somebody that I'm being held accountable to. And if I am not moving forward, then why am I investing all this money in myself, right? So really honoring your worth. Uh, You know, Sarah, I would plop down my credit card. My children needed something. Doctors, you know, don't even think twice. Here's the credit card, whatever it is, pay for it. But for, uh, well... I don't know, you know, we, we second guess our own worth, but yet we, we put our kids on a pedestal and we'll do anything for them, you know? So, so that was really hard for me too. That was something else I had to learn in the process, you know? So let's talk about now the, the movement, the, the smart women with money, because you, like you mentioned, you had a corporate job that was Pretty good. Sounds like it. Amazing. You were pretty good at it. And then you decide to like, just say, I'm done with this. I'm going to create my own business. I'm going to create something for myself. Tell me about that transition and how that has make you become a smart woman with money. Yeah. So it was, it was fascinating because I remember, um, <laughs> I remember I filed for divorce and I literally decided it's time for a clean slate. I don't need to ask permission. Um, And yet at the same time, you know, I also knew I needed to let my soon to be ex-husband, now ex-husband, know what I was planning to do because it was going to impact our financial arrangements, you know, throughout the course of our divorce. And so I remember calling him. And letting him know that I was leaving my job and that I was starting my own business. And I was so scared. <laughs> I was scared to do it. I was scared of his reaction, you know, not that it mattered anymore, but yet it did. And I remember him actually saying to me, he goes, I know you've been wanting to do this for quite some time. He's like, we'll, we'll figure this out. And so it was in that moment that I, you know, I, I started researching business coaches because I was like, I don't know how to build a, I don't even know what to do other than call my accountant and create a, you know, an LLC and, you know, file paperwork and all that stuff and get a tax ID number. Like that was kind of the only thing I knew how to do. And yet at the same time, I kept telling myself like, your certified life at the time I had become certified as a life coach, I had clients and I was like, okay, you just get to double down with getting your hours in building up your credibility, like learning how, you know, your, um, your program is going to work. And so it really was through a lot of trial and error that I started figuring out like, even as a coach, did I want to do one-on-one? Did I want to do group programs? I also kind of started looking to see like what else is out there, but more importantly, what made me different, right? None of us have competition. 
And at the end of the day, nobody is me. Nobody is you, Sarah. Nobody can be you. Nobody teaches the way that you teach. Okay, there may be the same type of information, but the way in which it's taught, the way it's it's conveyed is very different. Yes. And I knew that the key to my own success was me being authentically me. Because if I was showing up and trying to be somebody that I wasn't, then no one was going to trust me. Nobody was going to invest in themselves because then, well, why would they when I'm not trusting and investing in myself? Um, One of the other pieces, and I know that you and I talked about this uh, initially when we were discussing topics for today, was that I have a very, well, I had a very deeply rooted money story. And I noticed that my money- Before we go to that. Yes. Just one second. Because I want to ask you, what was the reaction when you quit your job? What was the reaction there? And then how do you feel when you walk out? And then now the couple of you know weeks after that, how do you feel about that? It was scary. <laughs> it was really scary. Um, you know, and at the same time, my company was at a place, you know, this was back in 2018 and the economy was kind of in a funky little place. And my company was actually downsizing. And I knew that I didn't want to be there anymore. I, you know, I was so good at what I did. I mean, I'd been in the industry since the onset of the internet and that's, yes, that's how old I am. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to do it anymore. And so part of my attitude was also, well, I, I would rather be the one to go than somebody else. And so for me, it was ensuring that I negotiated a strong exit package, um, to sustain me for however long I needed before I thought I could start creating income. Now, that's so smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And it was um, kind of like the right time. It was like, like it kind of like was falling into the place, into places. That's awesome. It was. And I will also tell your audience that I was at a place where I had relinquished financial control uh, in our marriage. And part of what, part of what uh, my divorce also woke me up to was realizing that even though, you know, my husband at the time was predominantly managing our finances, it it was a bad thing that I turned my back on it. And so through my divorce, I was able to really um, start understanding, uh, you know, what words meant and finance is scary for women. And I didn't, a lot of times I just was like, "Mm, I'm going to turn like scary thing. Yeah. So So part of what I got really smart on was my financial situation. It forced me to look at like, you know, a budget for myself, living on my own. And so by doing that and then going in and negotiating, you know, understand I'm an ad sales, I'm a professional negotiator. So um, it's something I do very well. Um, But I I really stepped into my power asking for what I wanted, knowing that there was going to be that back and forth. And I have to tell you, like it was, it was bittersweet because I had spent 20 years investing in this career. I had created the most incredible relationships in the marketplace. 
And it was one of those things where it was like, well, I get to go out when I'm on my high, right? I kind of envisioned it like, you know, like Roger Federer, like, you know, famous tennis player who's going out on knee surgery, right? (laughs) And it's like, I'm going out at the top of my game. That's good. And so that was my attitude. And what was even more just, what, what felt so amazing was all my clients, my colleagues, everyone was like, good for you. You know, no one else, like they kept saying like, wow, you've got so much courage to do this. I wish I had the courage to do it. And part of who I am is I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit always. I mean, I, I had a babysitting business that I started when I was like 11 years old. I started it at our swim club and I would go around to all the moms and be like, Hey, can I watch your kid while you go swimming during adult swim for 15 minutes? And you can pay me like $2. And, you know, so like I've always been an entrepreneur. So it was, it was an easier transition, but I have to be honest with you. Like I didn't necessarily understand that that's what that that's what I was doing at the time, if that makes sense. And it was like my divorce just kind of, everything just started clicking for once for me. And at the end of the day, it it was scary. And at the same time, I've never, I've always wanted to be my own boss. And I was so excited about what I could create. And I knew that as long as I asked people who knew what I didn't know along the way, that I would be fine. And I've never... I've never had a problem asking for help. I, that's not true. I had a harder time asking for help, like financial help. But when it came to not knowing how to do something business related, I never had an issue. And so I trusted myself. I knew that I gave my, it's funny. I gave myself two years. I was like, okay, you've got two years to actually start making some good money and not even six figures, but like, I had a number and I was able to exceed it because that's just, you know, the drive and the motivation. Plus I love what, I love what I do. So it makes it easy. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So that's, and that's a great story. I think everybody, you know, needed to hear this because sometimes we're afraid to take lips, leaps. We're afraid to like do things like, for example, negotiate a salary or negotiate an exit package and I think these are things that are important. And then let's move to the part about your money story, because yeah. like you said, you relinquish your uh, financials to your husband and, you know, now it is on you. And unfortunately, I see a lot of women that they trust 100% how their husband are managing their money. And when divorce come in, then they have a very big surprise and they and I don't know if that will be your case, but it has, it happens all the time because when I talk to my clients, this is what's going on. So tell me about your money story. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because it took a lot of work for me to kind of nail down what this was. And it took working with my coach, my therapist, and also my theta healer. I'm also an advanced theta healer. And what I define as my money story is really what my thoughts are around money and wealth. And that story impacts how you think, what you feel, how you react to money. And it happens on both a conscious and an unconscious level. And those subconscious stories that you have been told, you've witnessed, 
have generationally been passed down to you over the course of your life. And in my case, it was over the course of 40 plus years. And so those impacted how it was that I lived and thought about money, how I viewed money, how I spent money, how I managed money. And it wasn't until I confronted those stories that I was really able to to start empowering myself to change the story. Mm -hmm. And so what I came to learn was that, um, you know, or I should say, like, as I was getting older, um, I realized that I was being almost like being held prisoner to my money story. And it wasn't something that was very straightforward for me. Um, What I will share with your audience is what I realized my money story was And, you know, I come from a generational line of Holocaust survivors. My grandparents all survived the Holocaust and came to this country with pretty much nothing and started from nothing, right? That's where I also think I get my entrepreneurial spirit is is from my grandparents who really had to work their way up. However, What they also witnessed as going through the Holocaust is, you know, a lot of people know the story is that, you know, things were taken from them. They were stripped of their rights. They were stripped of everything. And so what, what had been passed down to me was this money story around money is a weapon. So money was always being used as a means to control. And I I love my grandparents. I love my parents. Um, You know, I am very close to them and my goodness, did they do anything and everything for my sister and I. And at the same time, I also witnessed times where um, money would be used as a way to tell me what to do, you know, paying for college, you know, paying for certain things for me. Um, And I subconsciously started using that in my life and in my marriage. And I noticed that I was doing it in my divorce. And so it wasn't until I really owned it. And it's, it's not pretty, you guys, like to sit here and tell you money is a weapon is like, I can sit here and confidently tell you guys that that was my money story. And that's because I didn't pick it. I didn't choose this story. It is a story that has been handed down to me from my family. And it wasn't until I got over the shame of it and realized that I had the power to change it, to rewrite it, just like every single one of you guys here is going to be able to do. And part of that was redefining what money looked like, right? Um, That for example, money is security, money is abundant, money is love, Um, and really looking at it from the lens of abundance, you know, and it was finally right when I started shifting my mindset around, well, money is abundant. You can, I mean, especially during the pandemic, I know so many entrepreneurs that had insane years. I wasn't just the only one, right? We all had incredible years because when you realize that there is an abundance, right? And money is love. I love on my clients. And yes, there is an exchange of money, right? To hire me, to help you. And it's love and it's loving yourself. It's me giving you back that love. And so when you're finally able to really shift your story, 
um, it changes everything. It changes everything. You guys, I can't even tell you, it literally made the difference. It wasn't until the last quarter of the year where all of a sudden, once I like really started leaning into, um, what that story was that like the gates of opportunity just opened up to me. That's great. And not only that, but you're also found a way to resolve other women's problem, which means that uh, when you resolve a problem, the more abundance you're going to receive in your life too. And mm-hmm. that's why, like you said, so many people during the pandemic have thrived because they have found, instead of focusing on the problems, they have found the solutions for these problems and being able to support even more people, which is what you have done as well. Exactly. That is excellent. And yes, you know, like um, we do need to look in and see what is the money story that we have. And yours is pretty interesting, pretty unique, because like you said, it's not apparent. Uh, it's something that it has been passed through you through generations that for you, it was normal. It was not, you know, it's, it's not something that that you found it different, that you found it weird or anything. It's just what you have been told, the, the experiences that you have been taught. So that's yeah, and cool. and I'll tell you and your audience one other thing, which is that when you live in the mindset of lack, that's what you create. Yeah. Versus when you lean into a mindset of abundance, then that is what you create. So living in a knowing and trusting that the world of abundance is there, right? I live in a vision of abundance. So guess what I create? Abundance. Abundance. If you have a lack of, oh, it's not in the budget mindset, then it never is going to be in the budget versus I, I will figure out how, like I get to figure out and be creative. So I invite everybody to really start paying attention to your thoughts because you create what you think. So if you are in a constant lack of, you will have an entire life of lack. Try on the abundance mindset. See what shifts, see what changes for you when anything and everything is possible. Completely agree. Wow, this has been so good. Like everything that you had shared has been so good. I'm pretty sure that a lot of women, they're either gonna hear themselves with your story, or they're going to say, Oh, this is said. Yeah, you're right. I need to do something about it. (laughs) So I know that you have a gift for the audience. What do you have for us? I do. I do. I am really honored to share with your audience today, a downloadable um, that has to do with abundance, your abundance mindset. And to me, what that means is creating and manifesting what it is that you all desire. So I'm giving you guys an incredible resource with some actionable steps that is going to enable everybody to manifest what it is that they desire through an abundance mindset. Thank you so much that I'm make sure to click on the link and take uh, advantage of this gift uh, because it can be life-changing. It it can be transforming. So make sure to take advantage of it. So thank you so much, Wendy, for everything and for being here with us. Um, I'm pretty sure again that a lot of of the women here in these events are going to take a lot of those nuggets and will be able to apply it in their own 
personal life. And thank you so much for helping so many women that are going through divorce or have gone through divorce so they can actually have the life that they aspire to have. Thank you. That's so you warm my heart. Thank you so much for having me and for giving me the opportunity to share with your audience today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Have a good day.